It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show, and happy Monday as we look out at another pretty overcast and gloomy day here at Merck Airport. But we're going to talk a little bit of uh, sports. We're going to give a review, a short review on the Cavs season, and we've got plenty coming up because we've got a Labatt-featured interview. Jeff Lloyd is with us, so stay tuned for that. But to kick it off, let's introduce, we've got Nick Padone here, my... Left hand man. What's going on? What's Gab? happening, Chris McNeil? How's it going, Gab? Pretty it's kind good. of a kind of a gloomy day out there today. Yeah, is it I'm there where you are too? Yeah, yeah, it's very gloomy here. Kind of rainy and kind of semi snowy, even though it's almost fifty degrees. Wow, but it's a lot it's of true. rain. It's very Cleveland. I feel like we haven't seen the sunshine in quite some time, and obviously point out the obvious that Big Play Dave is not here, so to give people a peek behind the curtain, Dave called me actually on my drive into Burke Lakefront Airport. He's like, hey, Gab said she's going to hold it down, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so I'm trying to find paint for the lounge that we're building out here at Burke Lakefront Airport. And he's like, and I'm at the hardware store trying to find this black paint. And they were like, yeah, we could do it. As the machine was shaking up the paint, it like exploded all over the guy, broke the machine. So he is currently <laughs> on a voyage around Cleveland trying to find flat black paint as we, we do the we show. We need to find all the footage of that. I know. Nick has a you great video. They, they of, probably have security footage somewhere. They probably do. We should really oh. go get it because Nick has a great video. This reminds me of it when we all took a field trip to the vending machine at work one day. And we were all trying to see if the Pepsi would work because it kept, I don't know, you'd put your money in it and eat it or something. Anyways... <laughs> Dave finally got it to work, and as soon as he opened it, it just exploded everywhere and like dropped on the ground. And you, you still have that video, don't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely somewhere in my phone. We so. need a Dave compilation yeah. now. <laughs> side by side of that video and the paint video. I think that'd be a hit. <laughs> We've also got Wed boom. Weather sucks. Calves are done. Guardians are sucking right now. Paint's blowing up <laughs> everywhere. At least we had the draft, right? The so draft. There's our hope for the future. Yeah. We're going to check the draft. So we love our Super Bowl, kind of. <laughs> we got to give a shout out to our producer, too, who's back. Boom. How's it going? Michael Boom. Hello, hello. Good to be with you guys again. Hey, how was your musical weekend, by the way? We never got to hear about it. Oh, yeah, that was fun. So um, I started out in New York and uh, we took the tour bus down to Nashville for a one off show. And that was my first time in Nashville. I don't know if you guys have been, but incredible. Been. That main strip, really? literally live music in every single building, multiple stories of bars. Yeah. Uh, 
easily the highest volume of drunk people I've seen <laughs> in, one, in one area. Besides the Muni lot? Uh, honestly, it's right up there. Like, literally everyone. And it was just the entire Nashville strip. But the show itself was awesome. I had a great time. So, uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Cool. What an awesome experience. It's fun to have a musician on board. Nashville is crazy. Yeah, I've never I, been. I once, uh, on that Broadway strip or whatever, I saw a country concert i can't remember who it was because one it was nashville and two i don't really like country music but the guy was so far away the street was packed i was standing next to this hot like very hot hot dog stand and that's like that's about the extent of my memories of nashville you said hot and hot dog stand Dude, it was the fourth wow. of july i was I, it was as hot as, as, as it gets in this studio as it was standing <laughs> next to that hot dog stand standing right next to this really hot Hot, hot dog, hot dog <laughs> Dude, it, was, it was super hot. All right. We're going to do a little fill in the blank if yes. you're interested. I'm, re I'm ready for fill in the blank. <laughs> hot hot dog stand. That would have been a fun fill in the blank. Okay. Um, oh, you know what, Chris? Did you want to do a Shaq news read or is there a transition? I'm not really sure how I go into this. Here's your transition. Fill in the blank is brought to you by ShaqNews.com. Shaq News, your go-to site for video games and more with news, guides, previews, and reviews, including this week's featured Shaq Chat, where the crew discusses which character they would select number one overall in a video game draft. And remember, you could join in on all the discussions using the Shaq News Cortex and subscribing to their Twitch channel. So if you're a gamer, Shaq News is the site for you. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch at the handle at Shaq News and at Shaq News. Awesome. All right. With that, we'll get right into our fill-in-the-blank. We're starting with the one word I would use to describe this past Cavs season. Ooh. Oh, disappointing. I tell you what, there are a lot of people out there who are saying, hey, this Cavs team, they overachieved in the regular season. I feel good about them. I know we didn't do well in the playoffs, but, boy, they're plucky, and they're coming along, and they're going to be great. Well, well here's, here's the truth, right? We've got – Donovan Mitchell for only a couple more years. We do have a young core, but we don't have a very deep bench. We won a whole lot of games in the regular season, which as you look back on it, now you look at the teams that are advancing in the NBA playoffs. It's like, boy, the cream is really rising to the top. And these veteran laden teams that know what they're doing are, doesn't matter what the seed is, regardless of seed, they're the ones that are advancing right now. And teams like the Cavs who didn't end up having a whole lot of veteran leadership didn't have a whole lot of toughness, weren't going after 50-50 balls, which is all stuff you need in the playoffs, didn't do any of that, ended up winning only one game. So ultimately, even though we were feeling pretty good about this Cavs game, all Cavs team all season, that was really a rough way to go out. So I'm going to say disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough to end on that note. I was going to go the opposite of Chris, and I was wow. going to say this season was – a meeting of expectations. I expected oh. them to make the playoffs and, you know, hosting a game as that four seed was a big step. Remember a few weeks ago when we talked to Kelsey Ruthso from The Athletic, she said, listen, they don't view this as a lost season if they don't beat the New York Knicks 
at the time, of course, we all thought they were going to beat the Knicks. The Knicks turned out to be a little bit better than I think everybody expected. And I don't think that this is a lost season at all. I get that it's disappointing. I'm disappointed. I definitely think they have some work to be done. I think we saw some deficiencies of the roster in terms of how deep it is or lack thereof any depth. So I think it was really just a solid learning experience. And to me, it met my expectations. Now, next year, if they fizzle out in the first round, I think we're having a completely different conversation. But for me, I, I thought this season was successful. Hmm. Okay, Nick, I'm who do you put this more on? I'm curious. Do you put it more on JB or Kobe Altman? Neither. How about that? I think, oh, I think you're, you're, man, you're being way too positive. No, 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 I mean, listen, crap you out. Let's crap on the Cavs right now. Because listen, <laughs> here's my explanation. Kobe Altman did what he had to do to get a superstar in Cleveland. In the NBA, the hardest yeah. thing to do is acquiring superstar talent. He had to do what he had to do. He traded the draft picks. He traded the assets of the players, Colin Sexton, Lori Markinen, and Abjabi to Utah for Donovan. Obviously, I think all of us would do that trade all over again. That's what Kobe all had to do. There. And yeah. then JB, you can't blame him for for what? Not using his bench? He didn't have a bench. So I, His I think rotations. I mean, his rotations didn't make sense to me. And it seemed like we were just grasping at straws at the end. It did. He should have been setting those rotations in the regular season. I, I don't know whether that, that bench just totally fizzled and gave us nothing. It was very disappointing. It did, and, and, and I think that's why we saw him kind of go helter-skelter, hockey-like rotations, just kind of throwing <laughs> crap at the wall and seeing what stuck, and nothing really stuck outside of, uh, outside of game two there. Hmm. All right, I'll accept your positive. I think I'm more in the direction of you, though, Chris, unfortunately. Not, just because... I think that the playoffs left such a bad taste in our yeah. mouth. And also it exposed a lot of our weakness. Like we just, yeah. and some of the intangible weakness, if you know what I mean. Like I just thought I was going to see more dog in us, <laughs> frankly. Like the the Knicks just looked flat out more aggressive at points. Like they just wanted it or they were just going to muscle their way. We kind of got bullied a little bit and I wasn't prepared for that. So the junkyard dog chain needs to go away. There's nobody on this team that's a junkyard dog right now. Yeah. You have to earn that back in the playoffs. Yeah, we next need to year. earn it back. Forget about that in the regular season. Yeah, you think they bring that back, or is the junkyard dog chain found its way to the bottom of Lake Erie? Do you think <laughs> it's gone? It's gone. Forget about that thing. That was a neat idea for the regular season, and by the way, the regular season in the NBA means almost nothing as we see right now. So leave I, that thing in the bottom of Lake Gary. How about the two teams year. with gimmicky things, us with the junkyard dog, then the Kings kind of stole it. They had a chain as well as the light, the beam. They were a first round out too, kind of getting upset by the Golden State Warriors. I get defending champs, this, that, the other thing. But the Kings with the light, the beam, us with junkyard dog, both on the outside looking in. How about yeah. that? How about like chains for like getting rebounds, not turning the ball over? Right. Things like that. Like little things. The rebounds really got to me. Dude, I know. Like Jared Allen, Evan Mobley should be having a very long summer in a weight well, room somewhere far, far away. That goes on what I would like to fill in our first fill in the blank for our second topic here. The offseason move that the Cavs must do is could be a trade, signing, firing, etc. I was telling Nick we need to put 35 pounds on Evan Mobley. Just make him like 
35? Is that man, too many? Man, you're not kidding around. Put Evan Mobley okay, fine. in a 25. Swenson's. 25. Put, put Evan Mobley in a Swenson's Just drive-in. Give him lock a... him in his car with nothing but galley boys and fries. Give him I a agree. more give. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you remember Mitchell that bro- scene in The Last Dance with Michael Jordan after he couldn't beat the bad boys and the Pistons? Where he's just pumping iron there. Yeah. That's got to be this whole Cavs team. The whole this team, really. Season. Right. Yeah. 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 Top Especially down. those big guys. But I want everybody in Creatine there. Creatine needs to happen in the offseason. <laughs> Booby Gibson likened it to Kobe Bryant's first trip to the NBA playoffs against the Utah Jazz, where it was a little bit of a crazy atmosphere, and they just had to have guys hit the weight room and kind of get that experience and, and have that bad taste in your mouth after a you disappointing You know, that's experience. a fair analysis. Too. I'm going to say for what the Cavs need to do this offseason, is find another junkyard dog. I think Lamar Stevens is good. He's an undrafted guy. You look at some of the players that are available. I'm not going to float the Dylan Brooks thing out there because I think we kind of learned that he's a little bit of a fake tough guy. Draymond Green is available. Patrick Beverly is available. Draymond two, Green. Two guys with really? a little bit of grit That's and a little bit of history. toughness that I would like to see the Cavs bring in this offseason. They probably wouldn't cost a whole lot of money. I would like to see the Cavs go after Draymond or Pat Bev to uh, to add a little bit wow. of tenacity to what is a softer young core. Kendrick Perkins. How about that? He's always got six fouls. Six fouls to give, Chris. Six fouls to give. All right, I won't start to worry about the Guardians until... We just started May. Give me all of May, and then I'll start worrying. Yeah, I'm going to say until they fall a couple more games back from the Twins. It's so early. I think we do this every year, too. Yeah, we do. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not worried. All right, well, that's an easy one. I'm on the same page. How about uh, the Guardians pitcher that I'm most concerned about? I'll go first. Okay, oh, you, okay like, you go first then. No, no, no. That was that was perfect, Chris. I think enough said. I think you stole mine. Did I steal it again? <laughs> yeah, Karachek. I mean, I'm already concerned about the lack of the stuff you could put on your hands right now with Karachek. And also the pitch clock, I think it's kind of playing with his head. And oh, he's the yeah. type of guy where it starts going a little sideways. It gets ugly with a guy like him. We need him to be solid. He was one of our keys last year. Yep. And if he's not 100% there... Boy, that just ruins things up and down this roster for us, whether it be in the bullpen, all the way it flows over. I think offensively, we start thinking we got to press. So Karachek, for me, is that big clog. I think having Hench's getting healthy and, and kind of making his return back into the bullpen should take a little bit of pressure off, James. Yeah, I'm looking at... Uh... Well, Cal, I want to see more from Cal. Yeah. It's, it's, he was Mr. Reliable at home yeah, it's, last year, Yeah, it's Gab. interesting to see him struggle a little bit. I feel for him. Like, he had this really long streak at home winning, and that kind of went down, and now we've seen him struggle a little bit. He's he's a guy, like, if he could get back to more of his reliable state, that would be nice also. Definitely. I uh, think this last one is a perfect segue into our guest. Too. I was going to say, we could answer it, or should we go straight into our featured interview? I think let's set it up, and then we'll, we'll go right into we'll our We'll set it up, and we'll bring in our guest. For so sure. Keep it in mind that we're thinking about the Browns draft pick I'm most excited for. And with that, we're going to lead into our Labatt featured interview, because we have Locked On Browns podcast host Jeff Lloyd joining us. All right. He's looking kind of badass there. Jeff, <laughs> oh, you can welcome, you man. What is that hat? 
It's a little blurry on my end. What do you got on that? Uh, this would be like the Milwaukee tool line. They just make it. It's all about the brim. You guys know this, man. If you make a hat with a decent brim, that's what it's all about. And these they don't stay. They yeah. stay. Now I'm from the metalworking industry, so I can certainly appreciate the Milwaukee wearing that riding for the brand a little bit there. Huh? Uh, you know, like, uh, it's actually, that's it. That's a talk we can have out of here, but yeah, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Welcome. Yeah, Jeff, hey, we were just talking about us. the the Browns draft pick. We're all the most excited about. When you look at this draft, obviously at the top here, we get the wide receiver like a lot of people thought. We go in, we get defensive tackle, we get a couple of guys from the Buckeyes. What's your overall assessment of this Browns draft? Well, when you pick first at seventy four, and this look draft grades, like I'm not a fan. I, I'm just not because you. you know there's just so much to it, um, and especially when you start at seventy four. You know, so if you're starting at 74, the first thing you look is like, remember when you used to go home in the summer to your community college and say, I need three credits, I need four. So you'd go to your local community college, pound out something, pass, fail, and just get the credits. So you're looking for a pass, fail here. Obviously, they passed. No, but they did really well. Um, there's not a lot of room here. You know, did they still need a starting defensive tackle? Yes. Will we know more of that maybe after four o'clock today? That's certainly a possibility. Um, but when you go with Cedric Tillman, it gives you an opportunity here. And I think this is the one probably I am most excited about. And I was first rubbed the wrong way. I was like, really wide receiver? Because, you know, defensive tackle, defensive end, these are issues. They were able to come back and address those. But Cedric Tillman, at least for this year, it gives you the opportunity to play big in the wide receiver room. He, Donovan Peoples-Jones, that he can put in a joke on the field. You can put the other tight end, Aikens, that you brought in. You're running back. So you can go big, red zone, inside the 20, goal line, those type of things. Or you can go small. You know, you can take those guys off the field, go with Elijah Moore, go with Amari Cooper, go with Marquise Goodwin, go with more of a speed front. Um, plus, it gives you the flexibility – as we all know, you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones contract is up at the end of this year. We'll see what works there. But so if you don't get it worked out with him, you still have your bigger body guy. You have Elijah Moore in case it, you know, you've got to move on from Amari Cooper. So it gives you, you know, a present to this room. And, you know, we all want to talk about, you know, who's going to make a room, da, da, da. The wide receiver room is done. You know the top six wide receivers that are making this team. Unless something changes, somebody gets injured or a fluke, you know the top six that are making this team. So I, I like where that room is at. And I think the fact that you know who is in that room for this year, it makes it a lot easier once you start doing OTAs where everybody's involved. Once you get to mini camp, because it's the six who are going to be here and then everybody else can work with everybody else and it allows for a better opportunity for Deshaun Watson to hopefully get this year that he truly needs because, you know, with the money that was given to him and the ups and downs and coming back last year, there's no more excuses for Deshaun Watson and knowing what the guys and the, you know, the people he's going to work with, that is key, I think for, and it's probably paramount for what the success could be for the 2023 Browns. Where do you think Tillman fits in on this roster after this year? I know you, you know, mentioned a little bit about DPJ's contract situation. Do you think this kind of is the heir apparent to the wide receiver two, if you will, in the Browns receiving room? I think that's kind of where a lot of Browns fans heads immediately went once that selection was announced. There's certainly the possibility there. Look, you know, he and Moore are probably the future of this room. You think ideally maybe it's going to be Donovan Peoples-Jones. The the numbers being bantied around about what it's going to take to extend Donovan, I'm not sure if those are, you know, legit. You know, I, I don't know if we're talking about north of $10 million, $12 million for Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Amari Cooper, you know, you always have the, you know, the resolve in your part. Uh, eventually it's going to, you know, the play is going to curtail a little bit. So the Browns try to get in front of things that, you know, before they can, uh, but you know, six foot three, look, you go to Georgia twice, 
two games against Georgia, last two games, 17 receptions, 286 yards. I, I don't care. You know, that, that is phenomenal numbers against everybody. You know, hopefully we play the Philadelphia Eagles because that means Cedric Tillman will have a good day against the Eagles. Um, but you bring in a guy, and he's not adverse to the big situation, the big game, the, you know, playing against the top competition. So you're bringing this in, and you, you, you we're all – in th- we're all thrilled with what Donovan and that's been the best wide receiver selection they've made. It was the first one they made in 2020, this regime, and it's been the best one to this point. But you think Cedric Tillman is going to be somebody who's going to tip the scales a little more in their favor. Uh, last couple of years, they've, you know, grabbed some straws here. You know, we, we know what happened with Anthony. You know, I think David Bell is a part of this team going further, but the Michael Woods is of the world and the other guys, they put draft capital in. Nothing's really matriculated, but I, I think Tillman is going to be a guy here. Um, and you know, there's a little bit, of course, you know, you know, rooting for him, certainly from the owner's office, you know, as he comes from the lovely University of Tennessee. What kind of impact do you think that defensive tackle out of Baylor, uh, Siaki, is going to have? Um, with Ika, I think what you're expecting here is this is a guy, ideally, he's going to play maybe, what, 15, 20 reps a game. He's going to play on first downs. He's going to play in short yardage. He's going to play in goal line. Um, you to expect more from him, it, it's unfair. And I think people say, oh, well, top 98, a future starter. You know, they, they don't want to do that. They want to have guys who play defined roles. And Ika, with his ability, um, and it's going to be similar to the offensive tackle, Daywan Jones. It's weird when you bring guys in and you say, we need to cut weight. And you know, Ika's already gone on record publicly saying he needs to cut weight, uh, you know, where he wants to be a little bit quicker, a little bit trimmer. You know, look, if he's playing at 350, obviously 335 would be more than fine. You put him and Tomlinson together. You talk about, what, 660 pounds combined between the two of them. It gives you more of a big boy front that we haven't seen with this team in ages. You know, I've been covering the team since 2017. The only one was that size was Danny Shelton. All these guys were undersized. They got pushed around and then put linebackers into bad spots where they had to read and react to ball carriers. Eek is supposed to be the guy who's supposed to change that. Um, and he comes with a, you know, a great attitude to him, played at LSU, ended up transferring to Baylor. So, you know, the situation should never be, you know, too big for a guy of this ilk. I just think he comes in and absorbs blockers. That's all you're asking. Dude, just take the punishment. Let everybody else run around what they got to do. Um, it, it may be a little unheralded. He may not be that athletic. But, you know, if we're talking about nose tackles and athleticism, I think that's a conversation that we all really got to question how far into the draft mm-hmm. process we truly are. He's just a nose tackle. Space. I don't need athleticism. Yeah. We got but- a Browns team with players that are too fat and a Cavs team with players that are too thin. We just need to go across the street a little bit. Yeah, they need to Venmo each other a little bit of weight or something. The last time that the Browns took a defensive tackle from Baylor, wound up on a podcast with me a couple of years years after. Bill Taylor. Yeah, we'll just leave that there. Um, Do you think Eco was a Jim Schwartz pick? Yes, absolutely. You need that meat in the middle. And look, there's no substitute for it. Technique, quickness. Look, when it's mono and mono and I'm just bigger than you and I refuse to move, you know, you can't teach natural size. You can't teach natural. I mean, I guess you could teach natural girth, but, if it, you know, but with a guy like Ike, he's just going to absorb it. You know, Dalvin Tomlinson, you want him exploding through. You want him to be dynamic. He's not you know, paying him all this money to, you know, be the guy that keeps the linebackers clean. No, his first step, you know, his quickness is what you paid him for. Somebody's got to be the lunch pal guy. Ika, he, I think he wears it like a crown. He knows what his role is at LSU. The only reason he left LSU is because, look, you have more athletic defensive tackles that I got to get out of the field for when he gets to obvious nickel and dime situations. You go to a place like Baylor, I am now one of the better guys here. I don't have to come off the field, and it certainly improved his resume and got him to be a top 100 pick. Absolutely. When you look, um, you know, also throughout this draft into a little bit later, the rounds 
earlier today, Jedrick Wills' fifth-year option got picked up. Uh, honestly, I thought kind of came a little bit of a surprise, actually. I know a lot of people said that that was a layup. To me, I don't think it was, and I think the fact that they waited all the way up until the deadline, sending a little bit of a message to Jed to get his act in order, uh, just my opinion. Do you think Dewan Jones is kind of the fail-safe plan if Jed kind of can't get out of his own way, so to speak? Well, the first thing first with Dewan Jones is you say, here's a guy, and look, we know he needs work. But you employ Bill Callahan for this reason. Um, and this is where it gets tricky with Bill Callahan because everybody wants to give other guys credit. You know, everybody loves the Michael Dunn's of the world and these six, seventh offensive linemen that barely played, but when they come in, they're successful. Everybody wants to give the credit to Bill Callahan. Okay, well, then where's the situation with Jedrick Wills? Yeah. Because I don't think we've seen much improvement here. And look, th year three. He's going into year four. Year three is supposed to be the year where it all comes together for an NFL player. I don't think we have any more questions answered about Jedrick Wills. I think we maybe just have more brought up. Um, so for me, no, I was not a fan. I was absolutely not a fan. If you tell me he's on the books for 2024 at you $14.3 million, do I think I can get similar play for half the money? I do. I, I, I truly do. I truly feel that because there are times where you watch – and you feel like you hit pause on the video. But no, it's just Jed Wills. He just stopped dead in his tracks because he doesn't know what his next move is going to be. Uh, you know. Now, the other thing is, do you think that, hey, if we gave him the security, is it is he just going to be able to play worry-free? Uh, well, that was my I mean, and that was, I know that's a crappy thing, but that was my exactly. concern, too, is imagine if you don't pick up that fifth year option. The guy already has maybe a little bit of attitude or effort concerns. All right. You're not picking up this fifth year. What kind of efforts are you really going to give you in a last year of a deal? He's going to completely mail it in. So I, I, I'm on the same page as you there. Yeah, that's the frustrating part, because, you know, and look, I mean, there's so many players that get clamored for here in this fan base. You know, where is the moment, you know, where you said, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, like we will we'll, we'll state our case for Wyatt Teller. We've seen pro bowl caliber play. I mean, all pro caliber play. We have seen all pro caliber play from Joe Batonio, Jack Conklin, same thing. Even Ethan Posick. I'm more confident in the play that Ethan Posick can give the Browns in 2023 than I am in Jedrick Wills. So why would you reward him to further into 2024? Would you feel that he's the fifth option on this offensive line? He's the fifth best. And look, Dewan Jones, you know, the world could be his oyster. It, it, it comes down to Dewan Jones. You know, do you want to legitimately shave 25 to 30, 30 pounds off your body? Do you want to commit to this totally? Do you want to improve your footwork? He's got it all. I mean, he was a high school you know, basketball player who had scholarship offers. He has every trait you would want to be a guy that could be mentioned as someone on the level of a guy like Trent Williams. It's all on him because I'm sure they're not telling him now anything he did not hear at Ohio State where, hey, 370 is unsustainable injury-wise. You're losing so much quickness. We could approve all of that. I'm sure he was told all that at Columbus, but yet still it is. Here he is now still at 370. Definitely. You look uh, on the defensive side of that football, you think the Browns are really content with this linebacker room? I think the Browns want to see how it works where they feel that they have a better defensive tackle situation in front of them. Um, and look, Anthony Walker, you know, good player is there good, probably going to be some athleticism off of his game after the injury. Probably. Yes. You know, JOK, you know, another guy always seems to be battling something here. We've never really truly seen the best of him either. Uh, Sione Takitaki, we understand it, it, it's going to be a process coming back from the ACL as well. Um, so it was really weird, and I think everybody just assumed they were going to go linebacker at some point somehow. 
Um, but they did get the one guy in UDFA from Utah, had been a Florida Gator, uh, put up good numbers at both schools. Uh, Mahmoud Diabate gave him $250,000 guaranteed. That's a good chunk of change to give to an undrafted free agent. Uh, runs a four, five, two, six, seven, nine, three cone. Um, at six, three, two and two twenty and change. He's you know a guy that can do a lot of things. And he did do a lot of things at Utah, but I think, you know, they're, they're grooming it eventually, but it's tough. Look, this is room. They have never wanted to commit either a high recesses or recesses resources towards in the draft or finances. They don't want to pay these guys. So you kind of have to understand you can't expect to get an A effort when you're basically giving C minus capital towards the room. So you kind of have to accept it. And that's one thing that hasn't changed here with Jim Schwartz. We thought maybe it would. Maybe it put a little more onus on it. Um, but they had so much work to do on the defensive line. I don't think they could get to the linebacker room this year. Jeff, you ever been to the Greenbrier down in West Virginia? <laughs> Um, the Western quite interesting. And I, I did, it, I don't know if anybody saw, I think it was a response to Ken Karma about his one trip to, uh, West Virginia and what he had come home with in his one trip to West Virginia. But you want to know what getting everybody away, it, it, it's a smart idea. Um, and it's always evolving. And they brought in a lot of players, obviously, you know, through free agency and that's, you know, with the bond, but you can also do this because you have the fourth preseason game. You have more of a training camp than other guys do. So you might want to break it up, do something fun, do something different here. Um, because then it's going to be a little bit different one. Cause you know, once you do all these things and you play in that hall of fame game, a lot of this is going to be for these guys, you know, you come to the Cleveland Browns, you don't get to see stuff like this. Like, you know, they want you all to go to experience. You're like, we're going to go see one of the greatest players, and he's around. He says hello. He gives you your phone number. You know, go see Joe Thomas getting enshrined in Canton yeah. because this is kind of the norm we're trying to develop around here. You know, granted, it hasn't happened in ages, but, you know, maybe raising the expectations and, you know, the future of what this franchise could truly be and what everybody hopes it could be. Just out of curiosity, what was the rationale for them picking the Greenbrier down in West Virginia? I understand getting away, but why that particular locale? Do you know? Uh, has anybody done the analytics on the Greenbrier? <laughs> <laughs> Is the breakfast always ready on time? Is the coffee always the appropriate temperature? That I mean, you know, when we talk about this franchise, it's probably my first guess. There's got to be something about the Greenbrier. You know, the, the breakfast buffet cannot be beat. They offer every type of breakfast meat possible. You got to do something to, uh, you know, basically, you know, you know, calm, you know, get, get the savages ready to go. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, you know, like yeah. the food, like their accommodations. I'm assuming the green briar checked every single box. Yep. And it's got a heck of a bunker underneath of it. I do know that because everybody from Washington likes to go over to the green briar, all our politicians and higher ups and, and to do's. And so there's a bunker underneath there. So just in case something should happen, they'll mm -hmm. be all set. The Browns will. You never know. It could be hurricane season. You know, you gotta be ready. Right. You gotta be prepared. All assets. Anything could happen, right? <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for giving us some of your input and all your evaluations. Where can people find more of your work? I know we've got the podcast. Is it streaming on all uh, platforms then? Oh, of course, you know, everything locked on wise. Now we, you know, we've made the integration, obviously gone to YouTube. You never skip the audio because you know, the people who got you where you are, you're never going to forget about those people. Um, and you know, uh, Unless you know us. we do it all the time. We forget to put the pod pot up, but that's <laughs> another story. That's an internal struggle here. Me with the big play network, but go ahead. 
Drop a text. Come on now. Somebody help the guy out here. Come on. You know, he was part of the thing. Every gets set up. The last thing you should be doing is worry about loading the audio. Uh, but of course, you know, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the Lockdown Browns podcast at Lockdown Browns. Uh, we have a great time. Uh, you know, we like our daily format. We like our 30 minutes in and out every single day. And this time of the year, obviously, there's a million things to talk about. And, you know, uh, come June when it's like, oh, well, so-and-so, the third linebacker has a birthday today. So maybe we can mention that and get, you know, probably three minutes of coverage out of it. You know. <laughs> We'll remember these days then, but, uh, you know, look, we all do what we do. We put our work out every day, try to put out the best content we can. Jeff, you are fantastic and you are clutch. Thank you so much for being on with us today. No problem at all, man. Oh, anytime, anything for you, you know that. <laughs> You're great. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, guys. See ya. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, a lot of good Browns insight, as always. I mean, he's the man and he's so prepared. He's going like cone drill times. Like just like that for undra- cone drill times for undrafted free agents, Chris, for undrafted free agent linebacker. He had the, the contract guarantee as well as cone drill times. I'm still hung up on names at this point. He's going, I mean, just next level right there. So good stuff. <laughs> go check his stuff. Out. I know we were going back and forth on if it's Ika or Ika. My final guess was Ika, but then I just didn't say it. And he was right off the rip. Like. Ika. Pro's pro. Pro's right. pro. Well, quickly, should we finish fill in the blank? Gab, I know you had your favorite player that you were that came out of this draft. Well, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask him about Siaki was because I'm like, here's a big dude. He's going to take up some room. Yeah. Our, our guy is literally going to be the biggest person on the roster. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I like that pick. Yeah. Not only on our roster, but probably a lot of other rosters mm-hmm. too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think there's that many... Like, the nose tackle position is kind of a lost gem, so there's not that many big dudes left like that. So he's going to be the biggest guy on the field a lot of the time. Yeah, that'd be a a bonus if we could, you know, work on those dancing quick feet too. For sure. Chris, did you have a player that you particularly liked? Uh, Of all of them? I got to say say Cameron Mitchell. Okay. What a fantastic name, right? I mean, you could go, there's already mm-hmm. just a whole host of restaurants that are associated with Cameron Mitchell. Some great ones, by the way, here in the Columbus area. And a name like that, I will never forget. I was already talking about the names that I've forgotten or have problems with. Cameron Mitchell had better make the team. He's supposed to be a nickel corner. Oh, yeah. Better make this team because that's a name that I will always remember. Cameron Mitchell. What by a- the way, Ocean Club here in, in Columbus, fantastic. What a day for Greg Newsom, too. I mean, that's his former college teammate. Also, that gives him the security uh, for Newsom that he's going to play on the outside with Mitchell coming in and playing that inside cornerback role. Great draft weekend for for our buddy Greg Newsom as well. All right, I'm going to go with my favorite player. A little bit of a surprise. I'm going to go with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the quarterback that came out. Wow, really? Yeah. That's the one that I'm looking the most forward to. I think the Browns have a lot of finances, obviously, tied up with Deshaun Watson. This is probably the last season as Josh Dobbs as the backup quarterback just because you're going to get tired of paying backup quarterbacks. So you give a guy a fifth-round pick salary in DTR. I mean, watch his UCLA tape. He was extremely athletic. I think he has the same carbon copy skill set as Deshaun Watson. So I think uh, that was a pick that just made a ton of sense. It's going to be interesting to see because he is a, he's a he's a great changeup, right, to what we have in Deshaun Watson. Um, and that I know Watson's mobile as well, but the running speed on him, what was he, number one of the quarterbacks in, yeah. his, in his 40? Yeah, I mean, fastest QB in the draft. He's a blazer. Yeah. Looking forward to him for sure. 
That is cool. All right, should we get into our big play bets? Let's do it. Typico lets you bet on all the biggest sporting events all year round. NBA playoffs are here. NHL playoffs are here. The Guardians are in full swing and so much more. Speaking of baseball, right now they have their Swing for the Fences contest. Guys, this is a lot of fun. You wager $20 on any baseball bet of at least minus 200 odds to join. So usually your typical money line bet, your typical prop bet. Put $20 on that and you'll be entered to join. The more you bet, the more you score. It's very similar to what they did and what we helped them out with for March Madness, where the top 100 bettors at the end of the month will get bets on us for a year with the grand prize of $5,000 in bet credits. You have to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Guys, baseball season in full swing. I think we're going to be doing a lot of baseball bets on the show. Let's Excited look for that. Yeah, let's I'm look at doing my bet. Are you still doing your bet? Oh, absolutely. I once I day. went through the dedication, Chris, of the money line every day when I was in New York, where Typico isn't active, and I had to have Cam create an account and was Venmoing her ten dollars every day to put my bet in. I'm like, I'm I'm into this now. <laughs> now there's no stopping me. Even if I travel again, now that I have that system in place, I will be able to to keep going with our ten dollars every day. Man, we need that to uh to kind of pick up. I feel like a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As 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 goes the Guardians goes my account there, and it's starting mm -hmm. to get lacking in funds right about now. So we have to have a big series against the Yankees in the Bronx. I don't know if that's going to happen. The Yankees have been slow though, so they've been having their struggles. So this is our this is our chance. We need to make some money back, Nick. Well, let's actually kick our betting segment off on Wednesday. Tanner Bybee making another start for the Guards, one of the top prospects, yeah. electric debut. This time against the Yankees, a little bit different. Will Tanner Bybee last over or under five and a half, two thirds inning versus New York? Let's actually go around the that's room and say question. how many strikeouts do we think Tanner Bybee will have? I because know, that's how that's going to be the prop. His debut, he had eight. eight. That's a very impressive debut that against is. this Yankee lineup. You know they go for home runs though. How many strikeouts do we think Bybee will have Wednesday against the Yankees? That's more than Bieber's had in any of his starts, yeah. right? It's more than any any Guardian pitcher, pitcher yeah. has had. Uh, he was, yeah, he had six strikeouts by the third inning. Yeah, he was he just was kind of cruising. flying. Uh, that's a good question because, hmm. How about these young guys too? Him, Logan Allen. I I'm loving these guys yeah. coming up. Yeah, really cool. I'll I'll nice go, we knew talked it was a matter about guys of time, who are kind of struggling sure. at the top, but it is nice to see that at least we do have a pipeline. So if these guys do struggle, we can fill it back in with some younger guys. Yeah. You know how that that's how that goes, Chris. And then your you know, your midline, don't forget the calendar has turned over to May. Tristan McKenzie is gonna be healthy soon. There's yeah. your new probably top line. Fill in with the Logan Allens, the Tanner Bybees of the world. This rotation is gonna be all right. I'm going to go, I'll go a little conservative, I guess, just factor in maybe a little natural regression from the hype of that debut. I'm going to say Bybee has six strikeouts. Yeah. And being in obviously New York. Um, but I think New York, man, they, they swing at a lot of weird ball. You know, Aaron Judge is going to try to go home run or nothing, especially against the Rook. 
Wow, I was going to say six, so I, I'm going to go even more conservative. I'm going to go five. All right. I don't, I don't know what the weather's going to look like. They'll be able to get it. Well, wait, you changed ball. it, though, because you guys are talking about strikeouts versus yeah. over under five and two-thirds innings. Yeah, because you can't bet on how far he's going to go, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But strikeouts. All right, sure. We'll change it to strikeouts. All right, sure, sure, sure. Um. Man. Ultra optimistic. There you go. I, I know. Knew it. Do it. Do it. YOLO. This kid is good, Gab. Top prospect. You know it. 10, right? No, no. I was going to do eight again, but I'm like, maybe seven. All right. Six is very realistic and rational. But I'm like, what if that'd be really cool? It'd be really Let's cool. Let's do seven. To go Let's again. do seven. All right. I like seven. Let's go to, man, big series coming up. The Twins, you look at, you know, when you start to get nervous about the guards, a lot of us not there yet. I think this is a big one. If you could win two out of three games in this series, we're probably feeling a lot better about where they sit in the oh, American yeah. League Central, especially now that it's May. Will the Guardians win over or under one and a half games versus the Twins this week? Chris, what are you thinking? Now, the Guardians are at home against the Twins. This oh, weekend. yeah. Big weekend series. Gab, are you going to be working those games? I'll be working. I'm there. You there you go. We're going to have Gab in attendance, pulling the Guardians through. So I say we're going to take two out of three from the Twinkies. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm going two out of three. I like that. I, w w I would love that after the six games that I just worked. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's been weird. I thought that this was a point of the schedule where they could kind of punch down on some teams. I mean, Boston's not yeah. that good. The Marlins aren't that good. I thought it would be a good opportunity to flex a little bit, but... I hate to say it that like the weather plays a role, but I just feel like it does. Also, look at the weather for this weekend. It's gonna start to warm up a little bit. We're gonna hit, we're gonna hit sixty on Saturday. Okay, good. We like that. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna warm up a bit. So I think the weather plays that factor, and we'll go we'll go over one and a half wins against the Yankees. Let's go with who will get a hit off of the Twins' ace, Sonny Gray. This game is on Friday. Sonny Gray is three and zero. With a crazy 0.62 ERA, he Oof. has only allowed more than four hits in one of his five starts. This dude has been on an absolute tear. Wow. Obviously, one of the early favorites to win Cy Young is Sonny Gray for the Twins. Let's all pick a player who's getting a hit on Friday. Dang, my guy has been on fire. Uh, all dude right. is just, yeah, walking through flames. That's tough. Uh, well, I mean, then in that case, Stephen Kwan, because I got to go with someone trusty. <laughs> oh, you took mine. I was going to go. That's you, like could go you could go Quan. Mine doesn't count, Chris, because I'm not doing real bets for obvious it's, reasons. Yeah, so go Quan, Chris. Uh, you know what? No, no. We'll let her have Quan. Okay. I, I'm going to go ahead. And, I'm going to take Jose. Okay. Old Reliable. Mm -hmm. There you go. Old Reliable. Almost a treat. A, a, bleh, a uh, cheat code. Not quite to the same extent as Quan, but he'll be heating up here soon. Or someone so. like a veteran, like, I don't know. You guys ready for mine? Anyway, veteran, you do yours. veteran. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'll give you one. Miles Straw. Uh huh. Yeah. That hot, was going to be my hot one. off the Yankees yep. series. He's yeah. a vet. That he's he's played. Good point. He's played the Twins a bunch before last year. Obviously, the year before that. I'm going to go with Miles Straw. We'll get a hit off of Sonny Gray. I like it. And I think I'll like the odds. We'll be probably pretty favorable on that as well. So, a little more cha-ching for your dollar, if you will. Let's go to the NBA playoffs. Our Tuesday. Oh. No, I'm done. Chris, <laughs> you got to do it, man. You got to do it. We can't care about Actually, the playoffs. You're very anymore. intriguing right now. The playoffs are. They I hate are. To say this it is a great the Cavs are out of it, and I really want to be just like moping. Yep. But now you've got LeBron, you got versus Steph Curry, you've got the Knicks who beat us, but then you got to play in the Heat, 
with Kevin Love all of a sudden being their uh, cheat code over there, which is killing me. So there's a lot of intrigue to these playoffs. All righty. Well, let's take a look at the two games that are on Tuesday. Let's pick these with the spread. So we don't really even have to pick winner. Let's just pick a spread. We have the Knicks at home are six and a half point favorites against the Miami Heat. And then the Lakers are on the road against the Warriors. Warriors are four and a half point favorites. Chris, do you have a spread that you like tomorrow in the NBA? Are we picking one of the two or are we picking them both? All you got to do is pick one Tuesday spread. All right. I like I like the heat to cover. Okay. Cover heat that six, six and a half. half. Six and a half is a lot of points. Knicks, I know, playing at the home at home. The Knicks don't particularly scare me as much as they did when they were playing the Cavs against the Heat right now, because the Heat have uh, a little bit of veteran leadership, it seems, that kicks in. Yeah. And I like their coach in Spolstra. So um mm-hmm. I, I could I could see them easily winning that game, but I think they'll cover. I definitely took for granted how um, just important experience is in the playoffs. When you watch the Heat play, Jimmy Butler's been there. Adebayo's been there. Kyle Lowry's been there. Kevin Love, obviously, been there. It's like that is just an experienced roster top down, not to mention Hall of Fame coach Eric Spolstra. Heat, definitely a smart pick there. No, I'm, I'm riding with my guy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take LeBron to cover that four and a half against Golden State. I think that's going to be a fun, fun, fun series. The Lakers are playing great basketball now. So I'm going to go Lakers plus four and a half against Golden State. And I'm like, you know, I'll probably parlay that with uh, LeBron to go over whatever his point total will be for tomorrow. I think this is going to be history, too, with the Lakers versus the Warriors. I think we're going to remember this series because yeah. I bet it's the last time you really see the true LeBron versus Steph. And mm. that's going to be a big deal. As we look back on this years from now, we're going to be like, yeah, that was the last series where they were both like still at their at their close to their peak, you know, but enough there that this is going to be a real series and this is going to be the last of them. So I, I think this is this is going to be big. Gab, yeah, you have a game tomorrow that you like. Obviously, I would never bet against the king. Um, yeah. I I don't know. And then for the other one, I can't really pick the Knicks because, to cover just because I'm already still too annoyed about them. So, All right. I'd, you're going to go with me, Lakers? I'd like to see. Yeah, Lakers. All right, cool. And then you, oh, I just pick one. Then yeah. go, go with the That's Lakers. That's all I did, yeah. yeah. Just one. All right, who is going to be the highest score in the NBA on Tuesday night? The most points out of both games combined. Okay, all right. That's a crazy Wait, one, the, but that's a prop that exists. So, so the highest, the player that has the most points on the Heat, on the Knicks, on the Lakers, and the Warriors, pick one player. So it can't be fluky. So if they have one good game and it's kind of a fluke, it's going to be brought down by the other one. So you're basically averaging them out by having both games. I'm going to go. Oh, I see what you're saying. So Wait. you're saying out of the two games. Yeah, yeah, so out of the who, two who games. I, I thought you meant individual. after two games. No, no, okay. no. no, no. I, yeah, out of these two games tomorrow, who who will have the who most points in the NBA tomorrow? I guess oh. I completely way. whiff that one. Okay, I'm go Steph Curry. Give me oh, Steph okay. Curry. I think he's going to follow up a really solid 50-point performance with another high, high 40s performance. That is a smart choice. Mm. Yeah, do you have anybody? Jimmy Butler. That's who I'm going to go with, too. Oh, you guys are going to go with uh, with the numbers here. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, yeah. Ride the hot. Oh, actually, I take that back because he's a little banged up. 
I'm sticking with he, him. You, he still you go could somewhere do else. It. I'm gonna. I'm. Why not? I'm just gonna stick with LeBron. Yes. Also, I was gonna say, can I interest choice. you in a LeBron James? He's kind of middle of the pack, averaging twenty two and a half, twenty two point two in these playoffs. Low for him. That's very low for him. It is. It is. But that says a lot about what he's got in terms of a supporting cast. He couldn't yeah. do that necessarily with the Cavs back in the day. No, not at all. All right. What do you guys say? We wrap things up with two truths and a lie. Get on out of here. Let's do Let's it. Get it. Wow, never gets old, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that intro is here to stay. I, I have a feeling. Uh, yeah, it's got to stay. All right, we've got an NFL draft theme. Um, I wasn't here this weekend, but still applicable for this week or last week. Uh, your first one are three statements. Brandon Whedon is the oldest player ever taken in the first round of the NFL draft. The Browns have selected two different players with the last name Garrett with the first overall pick in an NFL draft. The Browns have selected more players from Alabama with their first round picks than from any other college. So Chris, let's talk these through. Um, so Miles Garrett, number one overall, who would be another number one overall? Yeah, we wouldn't have drafted another Garrett, Garrett number, number one, one overall. overall. Because other number one overalls would be Baker Mayfield, would be mm. Tim Couch. <laughs> Good times. Courtney Brown. Courtney Brown. Was he number one overall or was he number two? I think he was I number one. But that's, number that's one. not Garrett, regardless. <laughs> um, so I, I'll say that's the lie. I'm, I'm going to put an end to this quickly, Gavin. I'm going to say that Miles is the only Garrett. All right. This is more of a history question then for you, if you're going with that. Actually, in 1954, Whoa. Uh, quarterback Bobby Garrett was the number one overall. Bobby Garrett. Who could? Who like could by the Browns? Yes. Browns picked a guy named Bobby Garrett, and I've never heard of him. Wow. Yeah. How could you forget, Chris, the great Bobby Garrett? That's amazing. You just blew my mind. There you go. Get on your Google machine. Come on, man. He was born, of course, born in the great year of 1932. He went to Stanford. He was born in Los Angeles, went to Stanford. He's like Andrew Luck over there. I mean, mean, how about this? Career pass completions, 50%. I think that that earns you a number one overall selection <laughs> back in the day where they really threw the pigskin around the old ball yard. <laughs> Man, that was a tough one. All right. Well, yeah, that was that was over in a hurry. Yeah. Was Here's his it? contract. His contract back in the day, $15,000 a year with a signing bonus of $5,000. Wow. Which is a record contract at the time for a rookie. Wow, look Whoa. at Bob. Who was Bobby's agent, I wonder? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> wow. As Bernie would say, he played a few seasons too early. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. All right, here's your second one. The Washington Redskins only had three first-round picks from 1969 to 1990. Oh, that history is... I know, it's a very specific window there. Yeah. The Browns have the most number one overall picks in NFL draft history. The Cowboys and Saints are the only teams that have drafted a quarterback in the first round since 1999. Wait. Wait. Read that last one again. The the Cowboys and the Saints are the only teams. Sorry, that haven't. Did I say have? Yeah, that that haven't. haven't. That haven't drafted 
a quarterback in the first round since 1999. That's believable because yeah. obviously Breeze um, had been there forever. And then how about the Patriots? Mm. Tom no, Brady. they took Mac Jones. Famously was Mac, not a first round pick. Mac Jones screws Mac that Jones. up. Yeah. Um, okay. The Giants. Uh, Eli. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. was a first-round pick. They took him over Haskins, which at the time I thought was hilarious. Um, but that ended up panning out. Um, Bears a lot. Cincinnati a Bears lot. Bears a lot. Yeah, Cincy. I think the Browns one is true with number one overall just because of think of how many with Miles, Baker, uh, obviously yep. Couch. Yep. It's a lot. That's Bobby Garrett. Bobby Garrett. I, Bobby who, Garrett. who could forget? Okay. And but then the other one was so oddly specific for Washington. I I don't know this one. What I'm, was the Washington one? Yeah, the Washington Redskins only had three first round picks from the years 1969 to 1990. I mean, that's like a 20 year window of only having. What the hell were they doing? That was before Dan Snyder too. Yeah. That, but that's so crazy that I could almost believe it. But is that almost like a like a Stepien rule that we have with the with the NBA with the Cavs? Yeah. That like, at what point does the league step in? But I don't the other know. two, the other two make sense. That one doesn't make sense. So that one's got to be the lie, right? All right, I'll roll with it. I, I was miserably wrong with the first one. So yeah, <laughs> let's go with that. That one's actually true. Ah, I, I, what were they? We doing? were trying to hit you with the curveball with the Browns because actually, so the Browns have had five. Number one overall picks in NFL draft history. Okay. The Rams wow. and Colts each have seven. So wow. actually they have had more. All right. That makes me feel better about the Browns. About our franchise a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> not not by much, but a little bit. Yeah. So there you go. The more you know. We learned, we learned something today, Nick. I know. We are we are the smarter for having done this two truths and a lie segment today. That's right. And now you can take that into your parties however you'd like that's right we'll win <laughs> a bar yeah, when yeah, you yeah. go to drink 18 labats prepping for the next browns game you can tell your friends yeah anyway that'll do it for today guys any any final thoughts we'll wrap it up here go gardos yeah for let's real go. let's get some wins let's get let's get it oh i do have a final thought actually and mm-hmm. we, i said this before we went on air and i didn't find a way to work it in so i'll just blurt it out now feels like everybody's kind of down and out about the guards if you go on twitter Obviously, that's kind of dumb because it's April. But when you factor in that the Twins are in first place, I saw a tweet today. The Twins are 11 and 11. That's their record against teams that are not the Royals. So they just had a bunch of opportunities to crap on the Royals who suck every year. So I think the Guardians are going to kind of even things out once they get more games, once they get their opportunity to beat the Tigers, beat the Royals. I think everybody's kind of jumping off the guards bandwagon a little bit early for my liking. So go guards into this week and obviously into this big weekend series against the twins. Go guards. Yes. Go guards. That's go it. ahead and download that typical sportsbook app and bet with us. Oh yeah. Code big play 50 bucks. Get 200. Cha-ching. Peace. You matter. It's time. <laughs> Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed, heavyweight podcast of the world the big play reflux time
Yeah.